All right. Can everybody hear me and see the screen? Yes. Yeah, looking yes. good. Okay. All right. Well, you'll be pleased to know I'm not going to be talking about sheep. Um, you'll have to forgive the somewhat cliched um, image. Um, but the supernatural in Wales um, is very much like our sheep, actually. I'm sure that for every one person, um, there's at least three stories of ghosts or wizards or witches that they could recount either from their own experience or from that of their communities. And by communities, I mean their physical communities because the supernatural in Wales is always deeply rooted to a physical site, whether that's a village, a house, a community, a mountain, naturally, we're in Wales, um, a well, a castle, a beach or a bridge. Uh, it's very topographical. And, uh, you know, with enough mountains and glacier lakes to go around, then it's no wonder that the landscape attracts and inspires the supernatural. Now, there are some obvious examples that I can think of, maybe not obvious to a non-Welsh audience, um, but when it comes to a sense of place, we have, for instance, uh, the village of Llanzona in Anglesey, renowned for its beautiful sandy beach and its witches. Um, supposedly, they landed there back in the 16th or 17th, 18th century, the date is uncertain, um, and they settled in the area and became known as the Llanzona Witches. They lived by begging and cursing. They were renowned for their cursing, in fact, and um, their famous curse is the only complete Welsh language curse that I'm aware of that has um, survived. Now, we head into another village, a small village in Montgomeryshire called Llangirig, and this area was famous for its dunion hospice, so its cunning men or wise men, skilled in the art of fortune-telling, um, counter-magic, and um, healing cattle. Uh, from about the 1860s through to the 1940s, um, the area was famed for their Dunyon headspace. And this gentleman here, Evan Griffiths, a cringer, or the conjurer, as they would say colloquially, was one of the most famous of these men. And there's lots and lots of references to these in um, popular accounts of magical beliefs and the supernatural around this time. Now, if we head to Denbigh, again, another market town in North Wales, Denbigh, on the other hand, was famous for its Dewinessai, so its um, cunning women. And Bella, the example you can see here, was one of Denbigh's finest, and I absolutely love Bella. Any, any excuse to bring her out and showcase, showcase her, and she's here. Um, this portrait was painted by Edward Pugh. Um, he was an artist and he toured North Wales in the early 19th century and he visited Bella and had a consultation with her. Lots and lots of information about her practices, not just in Edward Pugh's book, but in Welsh ballads and interludes. So we do know quite, quite a lot about her. Um, now, as well as sheep, we have lots and lots of holy wells in Wales. We're not short on these either. Um, but there is a darker side to this. 
And the image you can see here is of um, Fanon Elian, uh, St. Elian's Well in Denbyshire. It's one of Wales's most famous cursing wells. Um, it's a reputation that it gained in the 18th century, peaked in the 19th, uh, mainly around the activities of John Evans, also known as Jack of Fanon, um, Jack the Well. He became keeper of the well sometime in about the 1820s, I think. Don't quote me on that, but around that time. Again, lots of written evidence on this, um, some by John himself. Um, but in terms of how this site is sort of interpreted from a, a heritage perspective, from a, a, a cultural perspective, there's not a lot really. I mean, the locality might have something to do with that. It's, it's on private land um, and it's, it's quite hidden, it's quite remote. Um, but yeah, so that aspect um, of its history from if you were to visit, you know, um, from, a, from a heritage point of view, still remains quite hidden. But what I mainly want to talk about today is this little um, ruined cottage in Pennant, a village in Cardiganshire, which was the home of Mary Berchen Bitter. Um, Berchen Bitter is the name of the um, the, the cottage. Um, Berchen being Welsh for orchard. The, the house was built in a um, apple orchard. And that was where Mari lived. Now, Mari's story is quite unique. Um, she was a reputed witch. And um, there are various oral testimonies to her activities and her, her practices that have been recorded by the Sound Archive in St. Fagan's National History Museum. And there's lots of testimonies of locals who remember Mari and recounting um, their experiences and beliefs surrounding her. So as I said, she was a reputed witch. Um, apparently she had a very dubious look about her with a, a, a long hooked nose and she wore a shawl over her head which gave her the appearance of a witch. Well, it's not really going to help, is it? Let's be honest. Um, she also spoke in a very distinctive way, um, which I find quite interesting because it reminds me of how people believe the fairies communicated. So um, a, lot of the, a lot of the locals recount how Mari spoke quietly, softly, um, charming in her way of speaking. Now, charming in the sense of the word used was soinol. So it, it kind of indicates that there was a, a, maybe a musical, a lyrical quality to how she spoke. She sometimes went to chapel, as is every witch's want, um, but the minister was quite weary of acknowledging her presence. And Mari was a little bit picky about the communion bread as well, which was always kind of left under her feet. Any misfortune in the area was naturally attributed to Mari. Um, David Jones, a local farmer, uh, he believed Mari had bewitched his cattle um, because he 14 of his cows aborted in one year and a horse that he was due to sell broke its leg before he was due to go to market. 
Now, he was usually quite mindful, he says, to send Mari a bag of flour every now and then, just, just to keep on a good side. But he'd obviously missed a couple of delivery slots uh, in this instance. Now, Mari as well was seen on several occasions to, um, to, to have snakes, to carry snakes, which is quite interesting. Dan Edwards, he was only a young boy when he saw Mari with an apron full of snakes. And when he told her to, to put them down, she, she um, said they were her children and she praised them. On another occasion, she was carrying a load of firewood, which when she threw on the fireplace, turned out to be a dozens and dozens of snakes. Um, and again, I think when Dan sort of questioned her on this, she um, told them that they, they were a great company to her. I mean, the poor boy must have been absolutely terrified, can you imagine? Um, so she's an interesting case, Mari, not just because of the, the demonological motives around her, which don't happen a lot in cases of Welsh witchcraft, but her cottage as well is equally important, I feel. Its ruins can still be seen. Um, it's, it's very small. I don't know if you can tell from, from the photograph. Um, just two rooms with a fireplace in each room, windows at the front because the, the cottage itself is built against a stone outcrop. So it's in a very ruinous state. And again, in terms of any kind of heritage or cultural interpretation or pointers um, to the, this cottage, well, as you can probably tell, there isn't any. Um, now, if we compare this to, say, Pendle Hill in Lancashire, um, again, the site of a very famous witch trial, witch trials back in 1612, the situation couldn't be more different. Um, Pendle Hill has been very successful in attracting um, heritage lottery funding for the area. It's um, a famous spot for the trials, but it's also a, um, a natural history, a natural conservation spot um, and an area of outstanding, outstanding natural beauty. Now, the link with the Pendle Witch Trials is um, is the hook, if you like, is the unique selling point to attracting people to an area, not necessarily of supernatural significance, but of um, natural and conservation interest. They also uncovered um, a witch's cottage near the area as well, um, while they were doing some engineering works back in 2011. Now, again, this supernatural element to Pendle Hill has worked very well for the area. It's been quite successful in attracting money and interest. And as an area of um, a cultural, a heritage destination, that supernatural pull, that hook, has, been, has worked quite well for Pendle Hill. And like I said, the situation could not be more different when it comes to Mari's cottage and indeed the wider community in Pennant. I mean, if you didn't know about Mari and her story, which 
let's face it, not many, it's not likely that many people do, you wouldn't even know that the cottage was there. Even if you did, if you were to go to the area, you would probably be given some very typical Welsh directions to find in it, such as over by there, go up the hill, over the bridge, that's not there anymore, round the mountain and turn left by the old buzzard who's flying up in the sky, which is pretty much the directions I was given when I did go and visit there. Now, I can't help but feel some concluding thoughts on this, really, that this lack of any kind of cultural or heritage interpretation around Mari's cottage and the community more, more widely is perhaps a reflection of the academic and historical interpretation of Mari's story. Now, Wales, unlike England, did not experience um, mass trials. So because of that, the Welsh experience of witchcraft, more often than not, has been sadly overlooked. Not, it has to be said, by myself or Juliet. Um, and this is true also of the relative themes um, to do with that. Themes like continuation. Um, we are in the 19th century here talking about um, witchcraft and certain demonological aspects as well to um, Mari's practices and the beliefs surrounding her. Also, I think there's a question as well about how we treat the supernatural in history. There's something um, still quite Victorian, I think, in how information on the supernatural is recorded um, and conveyed uh, and understood. So I'm ending this talk really with a question because this does raise uh, the important question of how historians and heritage experts can better work together to ensure that these layers of history, um, supernatural or otherwise, um, are properly revealed. So thank you for your time, everyone.